630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Now, 630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Closer and closer and closer for the Elks in their first three games after the blowout loss in Vancouver in week one. The ten-point loss to Saskatchewan last week. This week, man, they hung in there, but it's a seven-point loss in Calgary to the Calgary Stampeders. Week one to week two to week three, we've seen the improvement, but you're getting to the point now at 0-3 where you gotta you got to put a W up at some point and a little bit of urgency now as you head towards uh, Hamilton for next week. Uh, yeah, a lot of urgency. And, uh, you know, this feeling that we all feel in the locker room um, you know we're getting pretty sick and tired of it and uh, and you know we have a lot of guys in this building that are, are used to winning and you know champions and great Grey cup guys and um, you know we're gonna write the ship and we're gonna do it fast uh, we're, we don't we're not gonna feel like this for very long this isn't gonna be um, like that Mitten Elks last season we're gonna get this turned around Closest game yet, but still not close enough. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Elks this week. I'm Morley Scott. That was Nick Arbuckle, you just heard. Elks quarterback talking on our post-game show from Calgary on Saturday night. A 30-23 to loss in Calgary to the Stampeders. The loss drops the Elks to 0-3 to start this season. By far, Saturday was the best game of the season, both on offense and defense. It's the best they've played. Uh, much better, but not good enough. And uh, still, some mistakes to correct. But they hung in there with a pretty good Stampeders team. Here's head coach and general manager Chris Jones. you got to give them all the credit in the world. I mean, they did the things necessary in the second half to uh, to secure a win. And those are things that we're going to have to learn to do. Uh, you know, we've got to take care of the football. We have got we can't take untimely penalties. We can't give up explosions. we got to know our leverage. We've got to keep contained. There's just a lot of things that we have left to do, uh, you know. And we just, as coaches, run to continue to just keep grinding it. We often talk about, you know, three or four or five plays that decide a game. It's it's not tough to pick out those plays today, you know, the, the second and 15 when you, when you couldn't get off the field and the interception and obviously, and, and all those plays went the wrong way for you today. Yeah, I mean, Bo Levi too, I mean, he made some tremendous throws, the corner out in the second half, the little bender there in the first half right before halftime and then he made another one where it was probably more of his receiver making a great catch but, uh, again, you can't deny the, the three balls that he had. They were points. Motion starts. Our buckle takes the drop. He's got some time. He'll throw. That's intercepted. Intercepted by the Stampeders. First and ten for the Stampeders at the 28-yard line after an interception thrown by Nick Arbuckle. Here's Bo Levi Mitchell. He's going deep right away into the end zone. Touchdown, Stampeders. Wow. Rubbing it in right off the bat. That sequence right there in the final minute of play in the third quarter was a huge swing point in the game. Cameron Judge picks off Nick Arbuckle. And on the very next play, Bo Levi Mitchell goes to Malik Harris in the end zone. And Calgary took their first lead of the game and held it the rest of the way. The Elks led this game for over half of it. Uh, that's another step forward. They played with the lead. Some 
something that they hadn't done much of. I think only nine minutes worth of the lead uh, against Saskatchewan and not at all against the BC Lions. So that's another step forward. 30-23 the final. Stampeders go to 3-0. and The Elks drop to 0-3. Next up, a short week. Just two full days of practice and then a trip to Hamilton. Uh, the game goes Canada Day night. 5.30 start. 4 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30. Chad, the good news is, as we discussed a little while ago with Dave, he'll be back in the booth uh, and we'll return for that game. Our thanks to Ryan King and Blake Dermott who filled in for the last couple of days. So what days? Well, uh, Dave was dancing with COVID protocols, but he will be back on Friday night in Hamilton, which is great news. All right, roster moves today, and Chris Jones has not been afraid to make overhauls to his lineup. Uh, tweaking here and there, it seems every day there's a guy coming in and a guy leaving. He made some uh, some significant moves today with the roster, releasing five players, moving two to the active roster, and making a trade. Let's start with the trade. Colin Kelly, offensive lineman who's been uh, with the Elks for four seasons, five years, including 2020, played 50 of his 76 games in the Canadian Football League in green and gold. He's gone to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. In return, a seventh-round draft pick comes the other way. Kelly did not play in the game on Saturday. He was on the one-game injured list. Uh, Martez Ivy played at that uh, tackle spot on the offensive line, and uh, he's there to play again, or possibly Justin Renfro as well, who's been signed to the practice roster. That happened last week, so he's in the mix as well, and I think with those two veterans around, Chris Jones felt that uh, if he could get something for somebody, he'd make a move, and he got a seventh-round pick for Colin Kelly. So that's the trade. Move to the active roster. Linebacker uh, and first-round draft pick this year, fourth overall, Enoch McConzo. He's been out the, the last uh, couple, uh, last game with a, a knee injury, but uh, he has returned and will play this week against the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Friday. Also into the lineup, receiver Raphael Leonard, uh, who had the three catches for 48 yards in two preseason games. So that makes me wonder if there's an injury to a receiver that we need to be concerned about moving into the game on uh, Friday night in Hamilton. We'll find more about that when uh, the Elks return to practice on the field tomorrow back on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. So those are the uh, that's the trade and the, the two moves to the active roster. Here's who was released yesterday. Uh, a guy who started in all three games at different positions, mind you, but started defensive back Matt Elam has been released. Also released we talked about Enoch McConzo returning to the lineup. His brother Ethan McConzo has been released and uh, he will uh, not be with the team moving forward after playing in a couple of games. Also released uh, quarterback turned fullback Mike Beaudry has been released from the practice roster. Jalen Marshall, receiver and returner, who I was impressed with, had a really good training camp, uh, was all right in his first game, had like a 12-plus yard uh, punt return average in the first game against the BC Lions, but he has been released and also released defensive back Malik Sonier. So uh, he is gone as well. So there's the moves by the Elks today. A big day for general manager Chris Jones. Tomorrow, head coach Chris Jones will have the team back on the field and getting set for Friday. Friday's game in Hamilton. Calgary, Winnipeg, and BC all won this weekend. Stampeders and Blue Bombers are 3-0. and The Lions are 2-0. and Saskatchewan falls to 2-1. The Elks, of course, at 0-3. So already a little too much separation if you're the Elks in that Western division. So 
as we heard from Nick Arbuckle, urgency definitely there to get a win this Friday night in Hamilton. Same thing goes for the Ticats, who are 0-3, and, and uh, maybe not so much in a, in a bad spot like the Elks are because the other teams in the East are struggling moving forward as well. Games this week will start on Thursday. BC is at Ottawa. Friday, it's the Elks and Ticats. Then Saturday, Montreal is at Saskatchewan. Then a Monday game this week. Yes, Monday, Winnipeg is in Toronto to play the Argonauts. Still uh, coming up on the Elks this week, we will talk to quarterback turned receiver or quarterback who's playing receiver, Kai Loxley. Uh, he's been uh, on the depth chart as the backup quarterback, but also has been starting at receiver as well, especially in the game on Saturday and uh, making an impact in uh, that department. So we'll talk to Kai Loxley uh, when we come back on the Elks this week here on 630 Chet. Waits for the snap, takes it, plunges ahead, and touchdown. Interrupt Edmonton. Kyle Oxley takes the first pie out of the oven, and the Elks score first at McMahon Stadium. Arbuckle drops. He's got time. He'll throw. That is complete arsenal. Oh, he's Across gone. the 10, into the end zone. Oh. Very nice. Interrupt Edmonton. Touchdown, Elks. There you go. There's the two touchdowns that the Elks scored in the game Saturday in Calgary. The first by Kyle Loxley, who we're going to talk to in a second. The other one uh, by... Uh, Manny Arsenal. By the way, they have adjusted the numbers on Manny Arsenal's game. They went to the videotape and watched it one more time. They found a yard, so he no longer is uh, seven catches for 99 yards. He's seven catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. So Manny Arsenal gets a 100-yard gain, a game in the game on Saturday. Some of the bright spots: uh, Sergio Castillo, three for three uh, on field goals. Uh, uh, Charles Nelson, uh, three times he returned a punt, 11.7 for a punt return average which is pretty lofty for around here. Uh, Matt Mangle, punter, a 51.8-yard average. His longest was uh, 63 on the defensive side of things. Dion Lacey into the game uh, for the first time as a starter. Ten defensive tackles and played well. Defense got better. The offense got better as well. The offense started with a uh, touchdown on the first drive, and we heard it uh, coming out from the break. A touchdown by Kai Loxley uh, gave the Elks the 6-0 lead in the early going, and Kai joins us now uh, on the telephone. Hey, Kai, how you doing? Thanks for taking some time with us tonight. Of course, very good to speak to you guys. Hope you guys are doing good yourself. We are uh, doing fine over here. Uh, tell me, uh, you've had uh, rookie camp, you've had main camp, you've had a couple of preseason games, three regular season games now. How's the CFL treating you? Uh, it's definitely treating me well. Uh, it's definitely been been amazing opportunity and you know, to learn the game and to continuously get better within the game uh, itself, for sure. How much of an adjustment has it been on the field for you uh, with, with new rules and moving around position-wise a little bit? Uh, how has that hit you, and has it been hard to kind of get in the groove because of that? Um, it's definitely been an adjustment um, within uh, each different position. You know, being out there uh, at quarterback, I started to – you know, get comfortable out there, then uh, filling in and helping out at uh, some of the receiver spots. It's um, been a different kind of perspective and uh, different rules and adjustments I've had to learn from being out there from uh, playing receiver down south. So um, it's definitely been uh, a new experience, but it's been an amazing, beautiful one. And uh, each game has definitely been a progression. So uh, I'm grateful. Tell me about starting at receiver in the game on Saturday. How different was your week leading up to it compared to the other weeks you've had where you've been on the, uh, been on the depth chart as, uh, as a quarterback? How different was last week getting set to play and starting at receiver? Um, even, you know, approaching practice, just a whole bunch 
uh, a lot more running. You know, uh, the receivers is kind of attract me every day. Uh, having to have your body, um, you know, stretched and endured to go through that long haul, and then uh, even going from the X position, filling in for D Walk, the the game he was out, and then uh, this week, you know, going inside the Y some at the slot. Uh, you know, the approach there is different within itself. It's a lot more block, blocking interior guys sometimes, even defensive ends. So, uh, like I said, it, from the first half to the second half, um, you know, even that started to, um, you know, be a, a better adjustment and more comfortable out there. And with the waggling, things like that, versus the X, not as much waggling. Um, you know, even that alone began to, to set in a lot more comfortably. You mentioned much more physical playing inside, much more physical than playing at quarterback. How is it to be the aggressor when you're blocking and, and be the guy who's initiating the contact instead of being the guy at quarterback trying to uh, avoid the contact? You know, luckily that for me, that's that's one of the uh, beautiful things that's kind of stayed the same. Uh, I, I approach the quarterback position a little bit differently uh then, then your uh, traditional guy kind of look, look to bring contact on and look for contact. So, um, you know, being inside that slot, having to go block a outside edge player, Sam or Will or defensive end at times. You know, for me that's fun because I, uh, I don't know if it's just the football player in me, but I've always loved and uh, you know approach contact as you know one of the f- aspects of the game that made me choose football. So, you know, that's definitely been been fun for me. Had you played receiver before anywhere? Yes. Uh, last year I played the X um, position with the Dolphins up until uh, about October, I believe. So it's not completely foreign to you. Uh, how did the conversation go, and what was it like, the, the decision process for between you and Chris Jones talking about moving over to that position from your quarterback spot? Um, it's something he kind of been talking about uh, through training camp, honestly, and uh you know his whole his whole deal and thing on it is he just wants me to get on the field and uh you know kind of help the offense uh with the ball in my hands and making dynamic plays so from that aspect I definitely understood and you know it's it's first, first game I stayed more at backup quarterback and um you know I was off the field a lot and watching the game and not being able to you know help my team and help my teammates in any way I could so I kind of understood from that from that uh, perspective, and um, you know, I told him I'm ready to roll at receiver if he needs me. And uh, each week has been more and more until this uh, past week where I started. So, um, you know, it's definitely been good to be able to be in the game and, and kind of put my impact and my hand on, in the game any way I can. Everybody wants to play. That's the most important thing for sure. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you feel like a receiver or do you feel like you're a quarterback playing receiver right now? Is, is quarterback still the place you want to be? Um, you know, that's a tricky question. I would say uh, right now uh, the team needs me to be a receiver. So, you know, that's kind of where, where my head is at right now, approaching the task at hand. Um, I always feel like a quarterback at heart. I know I can sling it like, uh, you know, a quarterback. So that'll always be there. But, um, you know, at receiver, I feel very confident, very comfortable. You know, I run for a three, six, four, forty 40-inch vert. So, you know, I've always felt like I could win my one-on-one matchup uh, out there at receiver and also go in and block and, you know, be physical on bubble bubble routes and uh, zone zone runs for a wild man. So, you know. And that in that aspect, I'm I'm grateful and kind of locked in at being a receiver right now.
I talked to Charles Nelson this week about his move from receiver to playing at safety, and we talked about how it's an advantage for him because he can think like a receiver playing defense, so he knows maybe what's going through the receiver's mind a little bit when he's playing uh, defending against him. Does being a a quarterback help you, having a quarterback mindset, help you as a receiver? A hundred percent. You kind of know pre-snap when it's supposed to come to you, uh, when you see a... You know, some of the defensive structures, you know what's going on and out there and kind of how you want to run your route um, before the ball is snapped. So, um, And also, you know, in terms of helping nine and two out there, I kind of know where they want guys to be, uh, what kind of helps them out, what kind of takes some uh, extra pressure off their backs, you know, being out there. So I would say it definitely has its advantages uh, coming from quarterback to receiver and vice versa. So, you know, um, being able to play multiple positions and uh, help out help the team out in multiple ways, it definitely has its advantages uh, in the mental aspect of the game, which then helps you physically. So, we're talking with Elks receiver and quarterback Kai Loxley here on the Elks this week. Right now, you mentioned nine and two. That first series was kind of neat. I I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, Nick Arbuckle at quarterback for the drive. You come in at quarterback to get the plunge and the touchdown, and then Trey Ford comes in at quarterback for the two point convert. It was uh, was kind of neat to see all three quarterbacks get the football on one drive. Absolutely, and uh, that kind of just is a testament to. Um, the type of run we have, uh, we are very supportive of each other. All definitely going um, every day, trying to help each other in any aspect that we see fit. Um, you know, a close, close knit, close knit group and run for sure. Even with a uh, 15, uh, Taylor Cornelius uh, still on board. So, you know, all of us definitely uh, have a great relationship. Definitely been helping each other out throughout camp. Um, in any way and uh even off the field you know definitely have a great great relationship brother like um room and tight knit so you know that's that's always a good thing for a football team when that room is close and camaraderie and uh helping each other you know the way that we do yeah for sure um you're heading to hamilton this week to play the ticats on friday night just give me your thoughts on saturday night in calgary it seemed obviously better you guys are improving each week obviously not enough to get a win yet but did you feel like things are getting closer in the offense especially on saturday night um a hundred percent i thought we definitely came out with the the mentality and energy we have been looking for kind of strike first and keep the momentum building um you know, something we still are working on is just finishing drives and uh, when we get in the red zone, getting six instead of three. Um, I feel like that's something we have to do as an offense to take that next step to get where we want to go. Um, Coach Jones kind of alluded to this in the locker room that, uh, you know, it's 40, I think he said after out of 55 guys, um, it's 45 new guys, you know, this year. So, you know, it's our third game together. We're still trying to click and find that chemistry to put us over the hump. I thought defense made tremendous strides. Special teams, you know, look good as always. They kind of have been from the beginning of the year. And then offense, you know, week to week, we are slowly starting to get to, you know, the offense we need to be in, making dynamic plays and finishing drives with touchdowns. So I feel like once we get that ladder step uh, going, um, and that's something we're going to approach this week, and uh, put in extra work and extra time on, um, I feel like we'll start to see the results that we have because I, I feel like we have a really talented, dynamic group on offense, you know, at every position. So um, it's just about the chemistry and, you know, slowly building 
and coming closer together to where, you know, on the field is it's no brainer and we're just rolling and clicking. Got about a minute here, Kai. Uh, you're obviously adjusting on the field. How do you like life in Edmonton so far? How's it been for you off the field? Have you had a chance to get out and see much of the city yet? Um, definitely. You know, it's a beautiful city. Um, definitely friendly, uh, inviting city. So, you know, coming from D.C., that's definitely been an amazing quality I've loved to see is just how friendly and, uh, and inviting everybody has been. Um, beautiful culture, good food. Um, you know, I can't ask for, for anything else. Excellent. Glad it's working out for you. Kai Loxley, appreciate your time tonight on the Ux this week. We'll uh, see you tomorrow at practice. Thank you. You guys have a great one. Kai Loxley, Elks quarterback slash receiver. Three catches for 33 yards. Uh, he's also had four rushing plays for seven yards and two touchdowns. He's making an impact. That's it for the Elks this week tonight. My name's Morley Scott. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy for uh, handling things back at uh, 630 Ched in the control center. Elks are in Hamilton to play the Ticats on Friday night. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning on 630 Ched Mornings with Chelsea and Daryl. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.